Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm pleased to meet you, sir. Call me doctor. And Francis, you can tell this good doctor that his theories are extremely interesting and I'll be praying for him. Yes, doctor. Though it's his patience I should be praying for. Keep up, son. This is where my work is done. What is your work? Medical research. We push the limits of surgery using stray dogs we get from the local dog catcher. They're darling, but don't get too attached. They're a means to a great end. The dog pens get cleaned out twice a day. Need the lab swept every morning. Simple tasks, but they prove beyond the abilities of your predecessors. Now, do you think you can handle it? Welcome to Book Versus Movie. This is a podcast where we read books that have been adapted into movies, and then we try to find out which we like better, the book or the movie. I am Margot P. of ColoniaBook.com, and this is my good friend and co-host, Margot D. of Brooklyn Fitchick. Hi, everyone. Welcome. It is, um, is this our last episode of February, or are we doing one more? We're, this is the last one. That was fast. It was. Um, I know. Well, we're wrapping up Black History Month here at Book Versus Movie. Um, next month, we're going to be doing all musicals in March, which is going to be so much fun. I'm very excited. Um, this has been a very fun February. Very excited to talk about today's episode. We haven't really discussed it very much off air, so this is going to be really interesting to see how this goes. And um, if you are new, yes, this is a podcast where we talk about books and movies. But since we've been in this weird pandemic era, we've been doing a brand new episode every single week. And so that means, you know, sometimes we can't read a massive tome uh, in seven days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're going for shorter literary sources, literally any literary source, uh, whether it's a novella or a short story or a song or a musical. In this case, we're going to be talking about a magazine article this week. But if you have ideas for books and movies, we are always looking for more. There are several places where you can give us those suggestions and meet other listeners as well as Margot P. and Margot D. on the Internet. We do have a basic Facebook page. Look up Book Versus Movie there. All the episodes are posted there. We have a private Facebook group, and that's the best place to interact with us. And this is where we got our suggestion for today's episode. And I want to give a shout out to David Wang. This was his idea. We're on Twitter and Instagram, where at those places you spell out book versus a movie. And we have an old-timey email. It's 
book versus movie podcast spell that all out at gmail.com and if you would like some stickers or magnets or any kind of that kind of merch let us know and we will drop them in the mail for you and if you really enjoy the show and you would like to help keep us in books and movies you can also join us on patreon all of our episodes from February 2020 and then previous to that are going up on that Patreon wall. We have 80 episodes up there. I just put up Elton John's Rocket Man. That was a super fun one to record. We have a couple of very affordable options. Just go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N and look up Book versus Movie Podcast. And we totally appreciate you all for doing that. I think about that book all the time. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And that was one of my favorite it's movies. Really I know. What a great book. If you've never read Elton John's autobiography, just get it. Just get it and read it. You will not be disappointed. Um, We just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title, You Can Run by Rebecca Zanetti. Is this the one that's sort of like a like a Gone Girl kind of a thing? Is well, that right? No, it's a thriller. And our, our protagonist is Laurel Snow. And she plays someone who is one of those geniuses. She graduated school when she was like 11 years old. Oh, yeah. And she works for the FBI. And she's a serial profiler. And she has a really interesting mind. She doesn't really work with a partner. And she is sent to the Seattle area because the FBI office there is overwhelmed. And there's a serial killer. And so she's finding out who the serial killer is. And there's this guy that works for Fish and Wild Game. And his name is Huck. And he's cute. And uh, this is one of those books. I actually got it for myself. Because these are just like right up my alley. It's sort of a combination that they say of The Blacklist meets Luther. Combine that with Justified. And you're giving me something that I want. And that's so that's Rebecca Zanetti. It's available on your Libby app. It's also available on audiobook, on paperback. And you can find her, Z-A-N-E-T-T-I, Rebecca Zanetti. She's on Facebook and Instagram, and I totally recommend. It's a fun thriller with a couple of good sexy scenes. I love that it's the snow blood peak killer. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's very atmospheric, and especially I'm in New York. Margo's in San Diego, and we're getting another snowstorm tonight. So it's very, it gets you kind of in that mood for that. We don't have a lot of woods here. I get freaked (laughs) out by things with the woods. (laughs) Uh, you can find you can find you can run by Rebecca Zanetti wherever books are sold, and you can find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. And once again, we like to say that we are happy to be a part of the Frolic Podcast Network, the podcast network that talks about pop culture, literature, books, romance, all that good stuff. Go to frolic.media forward slash podcasts. Now, as we mentioned before, today's episode is a listener suggestion. I've, re- I've never read this magazine article uh, before, and I had never seen this movie before. I remember hearing the story when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I have a vague recollection of seeing like a, either a 60 Minutes or maybe a CBS Sunday Morning kind of a piece on yeah. it. Um, that tracks. But it is a fascinating story a true story very different from the one we did a couple of weeks ago on the butler which was also based on a magazine article where the movie was a highly fictionalized version of the really extraordinary true life story this one is a little truer to the actual story uh, although there are some liberties taken, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to. But let's talk about like something the Lord has made. It was first, it first came out in Washingtonian magazine. So the other article we were talking about was in Washington Post. This is Washingtonian magazine. And if you go to their site and you type in Katie McCabe, she is our author, our writer. This was written a few years after one of the leads that we're talking about, Vivian Thomas, passed away. I think it was a dentist that was a friend of his and gave her the story. And if you, we put the link in our Facebook group. It's a great read. I mean, it's voluminous. It's so well written. But it's it, so It's well very long. Yeah. But it is so compelling. I mean, I really, I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. It's one of those, like, again, this is a shorter literary source, like we were just saying at the top of the show. But it's a long magazine article. So I was trying to like not rush ahead too fast because right. I wanted to I wanted to kind of I was so enjoying the experience of reading it. I was kind of trying to pace myself. Great, great story, great writing. And um, gosh, what a life. Vivian Thomas. She won the National Magazine Award 
for this, which is the really big deal in the magazine world. And so the story is about the, it's a black cardiac pioneer, not a surgeon. Technically, he never went to med school. His name was Vivian Thomas. He's born 1910. And he is someone that he's from Nashville. He grew up in the South. At one point, his father, he was the youngest of three boys, and his father was a carpenter, and he had his skills of handwork with from his father and saved up all this money by the time he was 19 years old to go to college. And then he's very smart. He's incredibly intelligent. Yeah. And he saved all his money. And then when he was 19, the banks closed and the depression started. And he was kind of screwed. He was like, what am I going to do for a living? And he really was banking on going to college. And somebody said, well, why don't you go work at the Vanderbilt Hospital? They have an opening there. And if he, like I said, he was black, it's normally being a janitor. It's somebody working in the janitorial services. He applies to work for a surgeon named Alfred Blaylock. Alfred Blaylock was about 10, 15 years older than him. And he grew up in Georgia, was a brilliant surgeon. And a very, unlike you get this with sur- like the surgeon personality, he's just very egotistical. He's very confident. He's short-tempered. He wants things when he wants things. They put him up for this job interview, and he pretty much, Alfred picks up pretty quickly how smart Vivian is and how intense he is and how much he wants to learn. He, he asked the right questions right away and was curious about what was going on. We should say, if this is tough for you, is that they did... They tested on dogs. So part of his job was taking care of the lab animals. Yeah, we should warn you, there's a lot of that. I mean, that's what that was how that was medicine at the time. Right. You know, this is how advances were made in, you know, we we owe a lot. Humans owe so much to so many animals. Yes. um, Especially during this era. So yeah, there's a, a, yeah, just be warned. There's a bit of that in the, in the story and the movie. And so they, he has to take care of the dogs. He has to clean the la- laboratory. But pretty quickly, he doc, the doctor uh, has his eye on him because he realizes that he's so intelligent and that he just picks up things really quickly. And so he wants him. He makes him like his Blaylock. He, he asks him to be his assistant. And it turns out pretty quickly that Vivian is very good at cutting, very good at surgery, and is actually better at it than the doctor. He can figure out, he just has a a methodical way of doing things, almost like tying shoelaces. Like he just, he never makes the mistake. He seems to have what we now would call a, you know, a design mind or an engineering kind kind of a mind. Yeah, he's just super smart, super talented, and very tenacious, it seems like, in his, in everything. But but in terms of his work, it it, it manifests in that, you know... He's thinking about cardiac surgery, you know, at a time where that is something that we take for granted now. You know, Mm -hmm. there's like two million that happen in the U.S. on a regular basis. But that was not a thing that you could do. You know, this was during a time where it was thought to be absolutely impossible to operate on a human heart. Never just there was no way to do it. No way because you can't lose oxygen. You can't like lose your heartbeat. There was just no way to do this. They're on the very very beginning of that, and the way they studied that was on animals. They studied that on dogs. There was in the 1930s became friendly with a woman who worked with kids. It was called the blue baby syndrome, and it was babies that had their parts in their heart kind of miss calculated like, like twisted up, up or, yeah and blocking the lungs from providing breath to them and these poor babies would have these blue lips and they would be just basically starving for oxygen starving to get their their bodies moving and her name was tousing so they go about coming up with a surgery and a, to put into the heart so that you could get the blood flow now we're talking now this baby that they're talking about that that's the first one El- eloise is that her name she's elaine it's El- an e name yeah it's i'm sorry it's a, yeah it's an e name she's she's a little baby and they're operating on her and it's it's so terrifying to think about they even said like you can't operate on a baby like the per- first person that was supposed yeah even that was out there out yeah. there like they didn't they could they had a hard time finding somebody that would put her under the anesthesia because there are people who were just like no i won't do it and so she was the first baby that they tried this on and she 
lived through the surgery, they became very famous because of this. They meaning Dr. Blaylock and <laughs> yes, if by they and Dr. Tausig, the white doctors involved, the white doctors yes. and the one woman that involved, and they were all very close together. So they go from sorry, they were in Nashville, and then Dr. Blaylock gets a job offer because he said he they came as a package deal. He was offered a job in Detroit for a lot of money, but they wouldn't take. Vivian Thomas with him. So they go to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And I never realized it, but I, I should have remember, known this. We, I don't know if you've ever been to Baltimore. I people from oh, Baltimore. Yes. Okay. It yes, was, I have family there. Uh, okay. They, they had a big racial problem in the 1940s and 50s, which is when... Yeah, imagine then, that. Yes. It was segregated. And so Vivian was not allowed to walk through the front doors. He was not allowed. And he never, by the way, was able to save up money to go to college. And that was the one of the big things of his life that was a huge disappointment to him. Yeah. He, he wanted to be a doctor. Can we just, just, just as an aside, so he's helping this Dr. Blaylock out. And they have a very close relationship. Again, it's another time. Right. Just to be clear, Dr. Blaylock Fully could have sent this guy to medical school. Yeah. At any time. At any time. Could fully have, you know, and it's hard not to think the the article is, I think, fairly, they, they, they do a good job of presenting kind of the different angles of it, especially considering that the article is written in 1989. Yes. You get the impression, I mean, I, I, ha- I can only conclude from what the article says and from what we've heard in other sources since that, you know, Blaylock basically decided he couldn't spare this guy for that amount of time mm-hmm. is sort of what I, the impression that I got. And so he never sent him to medical school. He never sent him to medical school. And there was also a documentary that you and I were talking about. It's on Tubi and it was on my Roku. So I was able to get it. And it's called Partners of the Heart. And Morgan Freeman is the narrator. It comes out two years before the movie we're talking about today. And they're a little more specific about Blaylock grew up in the South. 1899 was when he was born. He was okay with these rules and segregation. He, he was t- raised by Civil War people. Yes. yes. Jefferson, Jefferson Davis, I believe he was uh, related to in some way. He didn't have a problem with all of this. So he didn't really, he thought he was doing a great favor for Vivian Thomas. He did, by the way, because Vivian Thomas. Which, right. Arguably, again, for the time. For the time. What are you going to do yeah. in the 1940s? But it's so aggravating. But it's very aggravating. And there's a point where the do- they move from Nashville to Baltimore, and then the the home prices are through the roof. And even though they got a bit of a raise, Vivian was struggling. He was making a janitor's salary. He tells this to Dr. Blaylock, and he and says, "I need more money. I got to be able to take care of my family." And Blaylock says. All right, I'll try to get you a raise. He goes, why don't you make your wife work? He goes, no, my whole point was I wanted to take care of. Right. How is, okay, that's not a solution. That's not the answer to that problem. It's that's not. I mean. Because she, right. Just, so then he says, fine. If we can think out, okay, I just say, yeah. if we could think outside the box to <laughs> operate on the human heart, I feel we can think outside the box to send this guy to medical school or just give him a freaking raise already. He can we not do that? He gives him a raise. They both get raises because they both were saying it. And he is able to at some point. So Vivian, by the way, not only does he have to go through a separate entrance, when he walks about the hospital, he has to take the lab coat off sometimes because it alarms people to see a black man with a, a white I lab mean. coat. I mean, it's it's very all this is very frustrating. And on top of that, Blaylock was like, I got an idea. I like to host these parties. My wife is a socialite. You're good at serving drinks. Why don't you serve you drinks at my party? Money? Yes. And so he served as a bartender and a server at Blaylock's parties. <laughs> I'm looking for my next watershed discovery, not to put too modest a point on it. It's not enough for us to be great surgeons. We need to be outstanding researchers. Any ideas? Anything innovative? What about skin grafts? 
Testing what skin groups might take. Isn't skin merely packaging? No, it keeps out of infection. Excuse me, Dr. Blaylock, may I suggest something? Please do, I'm very suggestible. Tell us your name again. I run the Harriet Lane Dr. Clinic. Dr. Tarsi. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, Dr. Longmire, Dr. Kelvin, Dr. Cooley. I've read about your research. A congenitally malformed heart. Yeah. Oh, boy, women in their hearts. Vivian. Would you get Dr. Tausig a drink? What would you like? Oh, uh, champagne would be lovely. Yeah, let's lubricate the vein of inspiration. <laughs> Go on, Dr. Tausig. Tell us more. Well, it's something that up to now has been written off as untreatable, but I don't believe it has to be. I'm speaking of Tetralogy of Fallot. Blue babies. Yes, these children, their hearts aren't failing. They're suffocating due to a blockage in the main artery to the lung. Pulmonary stenosis. The mortality rate is 100%. I've watched hundreds of cyanotic children die. I admitted a baby tonight who will certainly die simply because no one has had the courage to attempt a surgical solution to this. <laughs> well, maybe with good reason. <laughs> to put it mildly, Helen, you can't operate on the heart. That's basic. We don't have clinical proof of that. That is my point exactly. I think it's possible for us to Come do on, Denton. You have to stop the heart to perform a complicated correction in less than three minutes, and by that time, they're dead. These children are doomed. There must be a way to get more blood to the lungs. I mean, I doubt we could repair the defects in the heart walls. Without causing ventricular fibrillation. No, but maybe there's a way to avoid interfering with the greater circulation. If we focus on the pulmonary artery. Mm -hmm. Oh, on this God's earth, are you? Just the first time he meets Do Dr. Tausang is at a party at the house where he's offering her a gift and then they started chatting, but he wouldn't, he never would have met her otherwise. I mean, but they all were kind of like, wait a minute, who are you? What are you doing? Because he works in the lab. He never goes to college. He works for him. He And they have this baby that they're taking care of and she lives, but in real life, she only lived about a year. And then they discovered kids need to be about two or like three years old, really, before they have right. they have that kind of surgery. But what was happening is kids that age, and it's that's that's just what medical advancement is. I mean, you know, you try something and you hope it works, and then you learn and you move on. Then they became like the center for treating heart ailments in the world. In the world. And mm -hmm. Dr. Blaylock is on the cover of Life magazine, has a huge uh, spread about him, never mentions Vivian Thomas. Then he I mean, has a big birthday. I just, yes. I know. I, you know, he's not a piece of office furniture. He's a human being who you owe your tremendous global success. I just... It, we should say, it, uh, which I didn't... I'm sorry. I always feel like I'm saying that, but he would stand on a box behind Dr. Blaylock and Vivian would tell him what to do. It's seriously that close of a it's connection that involved. Yes. Yeah. He didn't just like make a little suggestion, like walking through the lab as he was cleaning up. He was practically the, the, you know, if he had had a degree, he, he'd have been doing this surgery. Right. <clears throat> yes. So instead, so he's there backing him up, but at the same time, there's never mentioned in Life magazine. He doesn't get any of the publicity. Dr. Blaylock has a huge picture. I wish I could go back to Johns Hopkins because I'd love to see their pictures now in the lobby. I think that would be really cool. At his 50th or 60th birthday, I can't remember which one, but Blaylock had a huge party to celebrate this and other things. Big, big birthday in Baltimore, and he holds it at a segregated hotel. So he cannot invite Vivian to go. It's, like what kind of a dick move is right? that? I'm sorry. What is that? It's just he had his blind spots. You know, what would have happened to Vivian had he not met this man? You know, would he have gone to college? Who knows? Who knows? But what would have but he is directly responsible for saving the lives of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands, millions because of his work, what he did. Oh, definitely millions. Yeah. yeah. Definitely I mean, millions just in the US. But they're so they were teaching around the world. So they had a little bit of a rift about that. And then Dr. Blaylock dies pretty young at 64 of cancer. Vivian just stays because that's what he knows. And they, he gets a bit more money. 
1971, they they have a portrait of him put up at the hospital, and a bit, and he gets a little more press, a little bit more publicity. Passes away in 1985. He had a book, his autobiography, and it like came out a day or two after he passed away. But it was he was a very humble man. This was somebody who was he was given an honorary doctorate, but because you can't give somebody an honorary doctor like a medical doctor license, they gave an honorary doctor, but it's like a lawyer's kind of honorary doctor. Yeah, it's a weird kind of workaround. It's a a little bit of a loop that they made in order to include him. But now his portrait is up there next to Blaylock's. And he was very humble when he accepted. and He was very proud. All of his kids went to college and their kids are going to college. And many of them are doctors. Yep. Yeah. And and, he, I mean, so, and then all the people that he taught. Yes. The many, 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 you know, doctors that he taught and empowered and put out in the world to save, you know, the ripple effect of this one man's life is incalculable. Right. And, and, and the author says Katie McCabe, and she has a website, katiemccabe.com. She writes all kinds of things, but said that. You know, doctors were like, yeah, in between surgery, you could talk to me right now. And normally doctors are very tough to get on the phone, get to get a quote from them or anything. But they completely worshipped him. His technique was incredible. And he was a great teacher. He really was just a gifted instructor. And he would never have known that. But it's just that's that's his story. And it's true. But yeah. you don't have to be a dick. Yes, you I'm don't. <laughs> maybe you could. T- maybe. Alfred, Alfred could have done better. Uh, I, I a little, a I, little. I think, I think we can expect a little more. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. If you're going to be groundbreaking about that, and you can't be groundbreaking about anything else, literally just that one thing. Right. I find that hard to believe. Somebody you knew for thirty years. I mean, yeah, yeah. Now the article does say, so Blaylock. I guess he was a smoker, as everybody was in this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was really sick for a really long time before he died. He was quite feeble, apparently extremely vocal in his, you know, <laughs> once it was too late to do anything about it, he was very vocal about his regret of not sending um, Thomas to medical school and um, assumed, you know, there's a scene about that in the movie, which we'll talk about. I'm, I'm assuming that that's a conversation that probably took place. But anyway, he was very public about his regret uh, about that. But um, yeah, yeah, do better, Dr. Blaylock. Yeah, in your That's next lifetime. Saying. Yes. <laughs> That's the story. And it comes out in 1989. It does, like I said, it wins the National Magazine Award. And there is some moving forward going on. And then in 2002, this documentary comes out on, and it does very well in the American experience. And that sort of flash forwards to selling it to HBO, which puts out the movie in 2004. Let's play the trailer. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning. Why would a doctor want to hire a company? This is where my work is done. What is your work? Medical research. Let me see those hands. You must have got it. Working out of hospital, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's gonna see how smart you are. Vivian, Dr. Blaylock wanted you to have this. Excuse me. All workers punching at the rear entrance. He's with me. I'm sorry, Dr. Blaylock, but that's the rules. I don't think that she's breathing right now. I don't think that she's breathing. The baby back there. How long? Six months. Are you going to take this on, doctor? No one's ever done anything as hard as this. You can't operate on the heart. That's basic. There must 
be a way to get more blood to the lungs. We focus on the pulmonary artery. Oh, I'm as God's earth, are you? You got that white coat. You're just a class three work the same as me. I'd like some coffee and a donut. What about you going to medical school? You don't have to remind me of that, Clara. We have a family now. Let's start with experiments. Let's break their rules. You can begin the incision. I'm not ready for that. If I say you're ready, you're ready. You have to see this. Vivian Thomas is operating, assisted by the chief of surgery. Retractor. No sushi. Can we try things my way occasionally? I think we found a way to repair your daughter's heart. Your quest for glory is vain. Postpone the operation until you have more experience. Postponing means signing that baby's death warrant. I'm operating tomorrow. Hey, Vivian Thomas. What's wrong? What's happening? Agent Vivian Thomas. You're talking me through this. Scrub up. What's he doing here? You can resume your duties. These are his duties. We made history together. We changed the world. The two big stars of this story are Alan Rickman as Alfred Blaylock and Moss Death, how he was listed at the time as Vivian Thomas, he has changed his name to Yasin Bey. And so that's the name that he goes by now. He's fantastic in this story. They're both great. He's such a good actor. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, he's always, he's a very talented man, just all the way around. Uh, I, he's a particularly good actor, I think. This is Alan Rickman at... Um, he his snapiest mm-hmm. yes. um, era of his life, and so there's a little bit of I feel like there's a little bit of Snape. You got a little bit of Snape going on. Oh, Potter, Snapey kind of a <laughs> Blaylock character. Look, Clara, Doctor Blaylock, come in. Sorry. Thank you. Is Vivian at home? Oh, yeah, he's putting the kids down. Viv? You know, in 13 years, Dr. Blaylock, I don't recall you ever stopping by our house. I don't recall ever being invited. Professor, did something happen? Yes, I obtained a raise for you, 25 extra dollars a month on top of what you're already making. It's 300 for the whole year. Will that be sufficient? More job classification. A surgical technician. I got you promoted. Promoted? To what he already does. Excuse me. Now you can pay your rent and put all your focus on our research. Vivian, back there in the lab with punches, what did you do? What you suggested, a partial fistula. Stitch the main arteries and veins together end to end in two lobes of the lungs. We created a blue baby's heart in that dog. Did we? Now we have our disease model, we can find a cure. And much as I enjoyed coming here to see you, would you mind terribly if I got you a telephone? Uh, no, no, not at all. Uh, thank you. <laughs> 2004. I'm going to say right off the bat. So there's a lot of things I like about this movie, but there's one big thing I don't like about this movie, and that is the telenovela score. What is going on with the score <laughs> of this movie? Ugh. <laughs> That's like the it second really time you've hated awful. the score. Yes. In the last few weeks. I know. <laughs> Maybe I'm extra sensitive to it, but it is so bad. It's so heavy handed. It's like just, I really loved a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was our first one in February when we did Passing mm. and how sparingly the score is used in that movie like they're the it really highlights that human dynamic between those two women i feel like that approach i mean again this is a long time ago now but i feel like that approach 
would have really served a movie like this very well instead of being just so hit you over the head with how to feel you know yeah i mean think of the irony (laughs) think of the irony the symbolism (laughs) we also really wrecked it for me yeah (laughs) i I could tell (laughs) is what i'm saying (laughs) we have kira sedgwick who plays mary blaylock very kira sedgwick role i love i love her she's great gabrielle union is clara thomas She's great, too. Beautiful, great. Merritt Weaver, Mrs. Saxon. I think it's Ellie Saxon is the name of the baby. Uh, but She's really Merritt good. Weaver's amazing. She was in a couple of shows I've seen lately that are on Netflix. She's really good. Clayton LaBeouf as Harold Thomas. Charles Dutton as William Thomas. And then Mary Stuart Masterson as Helen, Helen B. Towsing. She's so great. Helen was half deaf and so had to have thing in her ear. Yeah, so she's a woman. She has a disability that she's, you know, she's had to overcome a lot herself. So they have this kinship right away. Yeah, I thought the casting was great all all the way around. Yeah. Happy with it. Yeah. And it starts with, I I do like the way they illustrate like the banks going under and then kind of the the, the position that he was in. And so he meets... Alan Rickman and they're talking and he's like, all right, all right, Potter, you're going to be taking care of the flaws and the, and the togs. But he does it. He, he t- does take care of it. We should say, like I said, obviously it's a fake dog that we're seeing on the operating table. And but, baby, by the way. And baby. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. They're not real, but it is to like, a, it's like, not real. It's not real. It's a little bit like this week on house. Yes. God, I couldn't take that show after a while. It was just too... It was like they were trying to top each other with how gross they could get with the operations, right? Do you remember ER, where I think it's Seriously. two people lost their arms because yeah. of a, of the uh, helicopter? Was a bomb? There was a <laughs> bomb, and then the, one, the helicopter dropped on him. Oh, that guy, the redhead. I mean, guy. these things happen. Yes. They do happen. They do happen. Look, you're at a hospital. Things are going to go crazy. But it's it's but fi- yes, it's fake. It's, it's all these are not fake. It's all phony. It's the same thing that I, you know that we have in the original story. It's just sort of fleshed out a little bit more. I think for me, the documentary did a better job of showing the racism that he put up with. They hint at it here. There's just times where he you know you have to walk out of the way when a white person is walking. You know they they have that pathway. Thought, you know, again without the score. Yeah, I thought that the, the the script and the direction are giving us that without the score, like coming in with the swooping, you know. Eileen Saxon. Um, sorry, I just saw it here. Yes, thank you, Eileen Saxon. I really liked the inclusion of her parents because that's not a thing that's in the article, really. Mm-hmm. And and it is, I think, helpful as an audience member to think about, like, what would that have been like. You have this little girl. She is blue. Her diagnosis is the worst that you can have. And you have this one outer space theory from this doctor you never heard of. And you've got your priest telling you don't do it. I mean, that I, Catholic so I really, church do I better. Really love that they, I know. I really <laughs> love that they included all of that. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. And it actually, it's very realistic when you see the baby. That I mean, I, I thought that I was really kind of shocked. But she explains, Dr. Helen explains that every day she's to these babies and they die within a few weeks. Like, and it's, it's, it has to be, I don't know what that would be like to be like that much death and all oh, those, just those little ones, but that's what they're learning. And so you learn with them about how the heart's working. And even it's very dramatic in the movie. And I think this is actually what happened in real life is that Blaylock was up there ready to operate. And then he said, I can't do this without Vivian here. I think it says something like that in the in the article. Yeah. I mean, it really was that. Again, like he really was that completely dependent on him. I see some bleeding. No, no, I see it too. Suture. Suture. Yes, yes. Good, good, good. 
complete and controlled. I'm palpating the connection. What do you feel? I can't tell if blood is flowing through the shot. It's just too small to feel anything. Dr. Blaylock, you have to see this. So that's why it's a little weird that that operation had a dozen people watching all over and he still didn't get any credit for it. It was still just. Yeah, you all saw him there. Everybody saw him. Everybody in that room knew what went down. Yeah. And like all agreed, we're just going to pretend like that didn't happen. Right. Blaylock gets all this attention. People come from around the world to, like Margot said, France, Russia, they would come over to like learn these techniques. And he would introduce Vivian to these people when they came there. But he just didn't do it in the bigger moments when he probably, what he definitely should have. What are we even saying? that he? Well, I mean, you know the guy is not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's... You know he's not being paid what he should be paid, right? Right. And making him do extra work for money is not a solution. And maybe, yeah, maybe actually acknowledging his contribution would it would help. Yeah. You know, wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't have hurt. Thank you. I am indeed honored. While I'm grateful for the many gifts that have been given to me in my life, perhaps the greatest gift has been the support of my colleagues over this last year. My good friend, Walter Dandy, the wonderful, brilliant colleagues who assisted me in our operation, Dr. Helen Towson, Dr. William Longmire, Dr. Denton Cooley, Dr. Merrill Harmel. I believe one group of people could not have accomplished so much in so little time without a strong, unified effort. In the spirit of breaking new ground together to further the reach of medicine is one that should be checked. That's kind of it, though. That's the story. I mean, it's it's presented pretty much like this is how they meet. This is what happens. They have a little bit of a rift towards the end, but then they make up. And then Vivian is then, you know, he, he does get the applause later on in his life. And it took the 1970s. I mean, he was in his 60s Post by then. civil rights era. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But oh, then he's a person. Right. He's a human guy. Who knew? But yes, that's the story. And it was, I thought it was really well done. I mean, yes, the score could be. That's my only real criticism of it. I thought the script was very well crafted. I really liked, I thought that the uh, giving us more of Thomas's family, both his, Mm -hmm. his original, his parent, his father and his brother. I liked that whole part of it. I liked seeing more of his marriage and his, you know, the time away from his daughters. And I also liked, you know, getting the, just a touch, not, except for the score, not hitting you over the head with the civil rights movement is happening and thoughts are shifting and, you know, things are changing. And I liked the other doctors, you know, the other mm-hmm. young doctors that were helping and learning from him. All in all, I think it's very well written and, and well directed. I And 
yeah, I thought it was great. It's streaming. For, you, you could rent it just about anywhere. I saw it on Amazon, but it was great. And it was nominated for multiple Emmy Awards, Golden Globes, Peabody Award. It's in the American Film Institute just a few years ago. It's, yeah, it's a great story. It's something I didn't know about. It's about a person I didn't know about. And it says a lot about persistence. And it says a lot about just hard work. I mean, they would start first thing in the morning and they would work till midnight and they had surgeries all day. Yeah. I mean, it was, Ugh. I mean, just to, just to have to stand there that long. Yeah. Let On concrete floors. Heart. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But that's, that's the story. I, I super enjoyed it. I mean, if you're talking about, we're saying book to movie, I mean, I would say definitely you, re- you should read the article. I mean, the movie's great, but if you haven't read the article before, you definitely should, because it just gives you more flavor of who he was. Don't they mention that he had, his brother was arrested, or his brother lost his job? His brother tried to fight for equal pay in yes, Nashville. his brother. So he had that, you know, kind of going on. And so he knew what would happen when right. you speak up to try to get <laughs> fairly paid right. for the work that you're doing. Yeah, you know, it really is a, a very, he's a very strong someone with a very strong character yeah. to be able to, you know, there's been a lot of, we recently lost bell hooks. There's been a lot of conversation about uh, specifically about um, black academics and the, the kind of ongoing systemic stress of being a black person in a traditionally white environment and Mm -hmm. the toll that it takes on one's physical health. The fact that Thomas, you know, at a time when life expectancy was not what it is today, you know, he lived to be 75. He lived a lot, he had a longer life than Blaylock did Mm -hmm. in spite of the many, many extremely stressful, constant pressure, constant, you know, uh, affronts and injuries being done to him really you just have to marvel because not everybody has that right you know and it makes you think too like what about all the other maybe vivian thomas's out there who didn't have that kind of uh, incredible superhuman strength to to survive that it's a very thought-provoking story on so many levels and and then again you know you think about like i said before just from the article itself you know when you when she's talking about the impact that he had on medicine and the many many doctors whose lives he touched and and the the trajectory that he he took american medicine on it's mind-boggling it really is Today we honor someone who never took a course in medical school and still became one of our greatest teachers of medicine. This individual helped change the way we understand how the human heart works forever. And now I'm honored to read the Board of Regents of this, the Johns Hopkins University, in consideration of an innovative scientist an outstanding teacher and a skilled clinical technician has this day awarded this honorary doctorate to Mr. Vivian Thomas. we did the story me too yeah i don't know like i'm i'm torn because i really loved the article i i will say the article the the movie i really liked the movie a lot i just didn't like the score but otherwise i thought it was great one of the things i think is good about the movie is that it explores a lot of the questions that the article brings up mm-hmm. and i think that's great um so, so if I would probably give the edge to the movie. I think the movie did just a really good job yeah. all, all the way around, and it's so well acted. Yeah, I maybe edge, maybe edge to the movie. All yeah. right. Which which musical in March <gasps> okay. are we thinking about tackling first? Because we have a very fun list. We have some good ones coming up here. We have Chicago, which you and I both have. We also have 
Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Hey, yo. Yippee. Green grows the lilacs. I was also thinking Carmen would be a good one. It's a novella. And that's the oh, one yeah. that was with Harry Belafonte, the the musical like and Dorothy Dandridge, Georgia Dandridge, so Carmen Jones, and then we'll then we're still going to decide on maybe Fiddler on the Roof, maybe you know yeah that was a suggestion that just came yeah. up this week, which is a great one. I had no idea. Yeah, um, yeah, that might be fun. Well, uh, what to do first? I want to do Oklahoma. You want to do Oklahoma? That's yeah. fine by me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that movie. I love that movie so. I haven't seen so. it in ages. It's on Disney Plus. It's oh okay. Yeah, That's good to know. It's great. And so the 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 play that it's based on is called Green Grow the Lilacs by Lynn Riggs, and we both have a paperback copy, and it's a pretty quick read. It's like 120 pages. I love reading these little scripts. And I know they're fun to read. They really they? are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a the musical. The Broadway musical was based on a dramatic play. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's why we're doing it. Uh, called Green Grow the Lilacs. What's the name of the What's the name of the playwright again? Lynn Riggs. Is it a woman? I don't know. You know, when you go back so far in the 20th century, sometimes it sounds like a woman, but it's actually a man. It's not probably a man. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely talk about him or her next week. I'm excited. It might be a man because there's no uh, e at the end. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Yes, we will. Thank you all so much for listening. F- be sure to follow us. Send us your suggestions, some other ideas that we had. We're a Poetry Month, API Month, Band Books Month. Summer's going to be here before we know it. And we always love those blockbusters that are based on books. So, you know, put your thinking caps on. Be sure to reach out to us with your suggestions. We really love that. And once again, definitely the Facebook group is the best place. If you don't mind Facebook, we're one of the nicer places to hang out. And Marco, where can they find you? You can find me online at coloniabook.com and all of my social media callouts are at She's Nacho Mama. And where can they find you? You can find me at Brooklyn Fitchick for Twitter and Instagram. And my blog is brooklynfitchick.com. And we will be back soon with a new episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Versus Movie Podcast. We are a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you will love at frolic.media forward slash podcasts. We follow the hashtags LadyPodSquad and Potter and Family. If you want to support the show, you can go to our Patreon page, go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N and look for Book versus Movie Podcast. We have a basic Facebook page, but we also have a private Facebook group. Go to Facebook and type in Book vs. Movie Podcast group if you want to join that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Book versus Movie. Spell all those words out. If you'd like to send us an email, it's book versus movie podcast, spell that all out at gmail.com. You can follow Margot D at Brooklyn Fitchick on social media and Margot P at She's Nacho Mama. Thanks so much again for checking out our show, and we'll be back soon with a new episode. <laughs>